Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. Well, good morning. Hey, it's so good to be together, and uh, what excitement it is to know our High King of Heaven and my King forever. What a beautiful song and time of worship. Great to be together. And for you online, thanks for, thanks for joining us as well. We want to welcome you. And, uh, and as we come uh, together today, we realize, hey, we're entering a new season because school is almost out for summer. Yeah, anyone excited about that? Kids, are you excited? Yeah. How about you parents? Are you excited? Yeah, yeah. Little freedom of schedule. It's kind of good. It's always good. So it's a it's a great time to enter the summer uh, season, and um, and it's uh, I know it's my wife is excited because in like one week uh, she is retiring and school will be out forever for her, and she's a little sad, but mostly happy because she says to me, John, every day is going to be a Saturday. Woo, yeah, how about that? Um, and um, so, um, and I said, Lizanne, I got to work. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry. So, so it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, and uh, we, are, uh, we are so glad uh, to enter this new season um, in the summer months. And they're just like slower no matter, uh, how, you know, and it's kind of warm and it's just a great season of life. And, but today, uh, even though you may be going through or have gone through a transition like retirement or a marriage or a new child or we've had baptisms today, which is neat, beautiful, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, we're coming to a major, probably the most important transition in the history of mankind. And uh, today we're going to be looking at it from God's beautiful word. And we're going to see, as uh, Tim taught so wonderfully last week, uh, and I encourage you to go to our website and listen to his sermon if you didn't, um, and it sets up what, what I'm going to share today. And, and the, the whole, what he said, one thing that struck me was that God's people in our mission have been approved by God. And when he said that, it just like, thank you, God. You know, we're approved, not because of anything except for he approves us. Wow. Do we know that? Do we understand? We have been approved, we who know Jesus Christ as our God and Savior. And so, as he taught last week, he shared about how the 120 were gathered in the upper room and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and and they went out and spoke in languages that people could understand that they didn't, you know, they weren't given except for the Holy Spirit gave it them these new languages, these languages to speak the gospel. And it was a big deal because um, we'll be sharing about what that all means even more so today as we see from this passage that all believers today are given the Holy Spirit and his power to proclaim his name. So uh, let's look at God's word together. Uh, we're continuing in our series 
out of the book of Acts. We're going right through it. It's the power of the church and in the face of persecution. And you haven't seen persecution yet, right? Just wait a few weeks. It's coming. It's all in here. And so together, as, as, as I read this, listen and hear this amazing teaching and revelation, the very word of God. This is uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 12. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others were mocking, said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words for these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, even on my male servants and female servants, in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and the signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is God's great, powerful, inerrant, holy word. Thanks be to him. Thank you, Lord. And so as we look today at a little bit of the context, we remember that, uh, as Tim shared, 50 days ago after Jesus' resurrection, it's now, and it's 10 days after Jesus ascended to heaven, and the 120 have gathered in an upper room and they've been praying. And just last week we saw how the Holy Spirit was poured out on the 120 and they spoke in other tongues. Acts 2.11 tells us that these tongues here were known to the Jews from the nations and those proselytes in their, in their own language. And this probably got their attention. Would this get your attention? Yes, I think so. So some were real open and they were interested, really, this is God, and they knew it. But others were saying, they're just drunk. But who stands up and responds? <laughs> you would expect this. It's Peter, right? Peter, Peter. You remember when Jesus, you know, got out of the boat and was walking on water? Who got out of the boat first? Peter. And he was walking on water, and yet he took it, when he took his eyes off of Jesus, he cried out, Lord, help me, rescue me. We know uh, in the upper room before Jesus died, he told his 12, you're all going to desert me and deny me. And Peter said, no, Lord, I will not do that. And Jesus looks at Peter, this impulsive guy, and says to him, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. Peter says, no way, I won't do it. And he did, right? And you remember back in uh, Matthew 16, 
Jesus asked his, his disciples, who do you say that I am? And of course, the first to blurt out as usual was Peter. You are the Christ, the Son of God, Peter said. And Jesus said, yes, heaven and earth, you know, you've learned this from God. This is true. Well done, Peter. And, uh, and then Jesus went on to teach about his dying in Jerusalem and his and what that looked like. And Peter said, no, no, Jesus, we will not let you die. We will not let you suffer. And Jesus kind of had a pretty stark response to Peter. Do you remember what it was? Get behind me, Satan. Because you know that Jesus said all along the the number one plan why he had come was to suffer and die and be raised from the dead that all who believe in him may have life. So Peter, this is Peter. But Peter is different here. He's not the same, same impulsive fleshly guy. Here he preaches clearly the very first Christian sermon it's Peter who comes with the word of God without notes. I can't imagine that, right? What did he, how did he do this? He stands up and God gives him the very words to say, as you, and I trust him too, he will give you the words to say in hard situations. If you are yielded, if you're saying, God, you, you give me the words, you see, Peter now is no longer relying on his own strength. He's full and controlled by the Holy Spirit. And he declares here this, all believers are given the Holy Spirit and his power to proclaim his name. Did you get that? I am, I am given the Holy Spirit and given the power to proclaim his name. And guess what? You, 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 you and you are given, given the Holy Spirit and the power to proclaim his name. And we see here in these verses, verses 12 through 20, that there's a new season of the Holy Spirit's outpouring to help do that. Verse 13, again, they were, it says that the people, some were ridiculing and even sneering, making hateful faces at Peter and the 120. You know, in my neighborhood, once in a while, when everyone, I'm meeting some folks or I'm in this other situation and they don't know what I do, and I'm meeting them, they're telling me all these impressive jobs, and they go, John, what do you do for work? And I go, I'm a pastor. And then they all look down. <laughs> they really don't know what to say. Uh, some might even give me a little disapproving look. That's the hurt person, usually. It's a little bit of a sneer. I go, like, what do pastors do to people? I mean, it's like, it's crazy. You know, uh, but here, Peter says, look, no. Um, we're not drunk. It's only 9 a.m. in the morning. And you need to know that, that, that we are speaking out of the power of God. And, and so Peter goes on here and he, he begins 
teaching with teaching the crowds here that are gathered. And, and he teaches about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that was predicted throughout the Old Testament. Verses 17 through 20, Peter quotes Joel 2, verses 28 through 32, which described the, this Christian Pentecost. It was a Jewish Pentecost, but now it's called the Christian Pentecost and this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And in fact, in three times in this sermon, he quotes the Old Testament uh, Joel 2, 28 through 32, and Psalm 16, 8 through 11, and Psalm 110, 1. Why? Well, the crowds that are gathered are mostly Jewish people, and they honored the words of God, word of God. And they were like, okay, tell us about it. <laughs> and he goes back to the word of God that they trusted in. And he says, all of that is pointing forward to this moment, to Jesus coming and doing the, doing, um, dying, raised from the dead and pouring out his Holy Spirit. And, and he does that skillfully and he talks about how, look, God in the history of what's called redemption, the way God saves people, he's always done it the same way. There's no, there's no change in that. In the Old Testament times, though, the way the Holy Spirit would come out on little, you know, spurts on people, like on David or on Samson, for example. But he was there, and it all pointed to Jesus coming. And, of course, we know that, that God himself was, was put into, he, he entered the Ark of the Covenant, which was where the pray, place where he lived in this box. And he was carried around through and placed in the tabernacle, which was kind of the the moving, traveling um, place where, where, where God was worshipped, the house of God, until uh, Solomon built a permanent temple. And of course, we know after that, Herod Great rebuilt that temple. And the Ark of the Covenant was there, and its presence was in a local, spatial place. But all of Scripture pointed forward to a new day where he would no longer, as Tim taught us last week, be just in a box, but he would enter in the hearts of everyone who believes in him. And that's almost too hard for me to believe because if you know Jesus is your God, the Holy Spirit resides in you. You are the temple of God. And that should make us pause and say, wow, I am caring, I am God is with me. He's with me at all times. And so God, he, we know that uh, this was pointing forward to a beautiful, great, and glorious new day, a new season, um, where God himself said that he would, um, he would do this great work. And Jesus, and it was pointing to a day where it was no longer for just Jewish people, but for every person who trusted him, all the nations, every nation, tribe, tongue, generation was included. And that's why we have this kind of language that we find here in Joel 2 that's quoted here in Acts. Remember, Revelation 5.9 talks about this, that by your blood, Jesus, you ransom people for, for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. 
all people groups would be represented in the family of God who would be rescued by the work that Jesus accomplished by coming as the perfect God-man who died in our place and rose again. And he said, I will come again soon, but until that day, I'm going to give you fully my Holy Spirit who's going to dwell inside of you. Scripture calls it his heart, our hearts, or it also calls it the temple of God. But we know that God's salvation would be inclusive to all who believe. And the focus of this new season of the Holy Spirit was poured out is that former spiritual outsiders now have access by faith to knowing God. And God takes permanent residence with them. Wow. So when Jesus ascended to heaven and poured out his Holy Spirit, again, it wasn't just like droplets like in the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit was there. But now it's in showers and buckets and heaps. And look who Joel says promises who who will be full of God's Spirit. Look at verses 17 through 20 again with me. And in the last days... It shall be, God declares, and I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. You see, the last days here talked about is talking about the time frame from Jesus' first coming to the period through his second coming. You remember that Jesus came as a lamb to be sacrificed for our sins. And in his second coming, he comes as a mighty king, a lion, if you will, to conquer and defeat all of his and our enemies. These are the last days he's talking about, and we're in the last days. Verse 17 describes who the Holy Spirit will be poured out upon, your sons and your daughters, your young men, Old men, male and female servants. This is every nation, every generation and socioeconomic group. Even servants, who, which are literally slaves, will be full of the Holy Spirit. And again, this was radical to the culture of that day because the Jewish people, they were offended by Gentiles. Disgusted. Think about the most disgusting thing I could put out here right now they would think about that like a Gentile. They'd say, disgusting. But now, Jesus says it's a new season. Gentiles, Jews, as Paul says it in, in, in Galatians 3.28, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There is neither no male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. That's this is who, all are included, who call on the name of the Lord. Beautiful, right? And, and, but what's going on here? There's all these kind of wild things going on in this passage. 
Well, here's, here's a little bit of an insight. The word of God is given and the Holy Spirit is poured out here. And it is accompanied in that season by mighty works, powerful works. And of course, we know even wonders. And there were things going on and it will happen from the first coming of Christ to the second coming of Christ that God can do anything, powerful, mighty things. We know where it says about darkness here in this passage. Jesus' death, Matthew 27, 45 says, and darkness came across the whole land. And then we know in Revelation, there's all sorts of language that's similar here to Joel. But Jesus in his second coming and Preparing for a second coming, in Revelation 6.12, it says, and the moon is turned to blood. So all of this imagery is talking about the power of God and that he, he is this great God of wonders and might and glory. And he has poured out his Holy Spirit and he will do the work in and through his people. And people, Peter proclaims this and he says, it's not just for me, it's for you all. And all you who, who, secondly, we see is there's a new season here for us to proclaim Jesus. And we see this in verse 21, a new season. Verse 21 says, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved the Holy Spirit, again, is poured out to mark the start of this new season. And we've, we've seen that last week. And we see that in passages like Isaiah 44.3 and Ezekiel 39.29. But here in Acts 2.21, quoting Joel 2, what, who are the everyone? Again, if you were in that day a Jewish person in the nation of Israel... You'd, you'd have a really rough time with this. Because in Jesus' day, the, the Jewish rabbis had a prayer that they would pray virtually every day. It went like this. It's hard to believe they prayed this. Blessed art thou, O God, for not making me a Gentile, a slave, or a woman. Can you imagine that today? Yeah. So, so what would be a similar prayer, like sound like that today? What would, what would be a prayer like that? Can you understand why the Jewish people struggled with when Peter was saying, now is the day Joel's prophecy is going to be fulfilled? Do you understand that? In Jesus in salvation, again, he said... There's no distinction. Everyone who calls, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Thanks be to him. You see, the purpose of the Holy Spirit being poured out is he brings this powerful new season for us to proclaim his name. It's not only to treat people equally as we should, and to respect and honor all people, really of all faiths, as we should. But it's for us also, along with Peter, to boldly, in the way God gives us and shapes us, boldly proclaim his name. You see, we need to expect 
that the people we least respect can become sons and daughters of God. Do we? You guys know this, but we never deserved ourselves, any of us, to be his children, his sons or daughters. We never deserved to receive a new identity or for the Holy Spirit to be our God and to fill us fully. We didn't deserve that. We didn't do that. We're not good enough to receive that, but he gave us himself. Some, some amazing reason called grace all of us who call on the name of the Lord, we will be saved. We get to know God forever and ever. And he changes everything in our life. He makes our whole life different. He changes families and marriages and individuals. He changes people who have gone through extreme brokenness. He makes people who were once religious and to people who are passionately in a personal relationship with the living God. You see, this is all because of his grace and his mercy and his love for us. And yet even Peter, who is preaching this sermon, and wow, God powerfully spoke through him, and he can through you and I. But even this Peter who preached this sermon would fall back into sin in a self-centered, exclusive pattern of thinking and living. And remember that Paul gave Peter a rebuke. And we see that in Galatians about this. And, and we know that though every one of us who believe in Jesus have a fullness of God, we're not always being daily filled or regularly filled, are we? Are you submitted and asking for the Holy Spirit to control you regularly? Look at Ephesians 5, 18 and following. You'll see God's word tells us, commands us to do so. You see, not only Peter, but we all, we leak the gospel, meaning we fall back into all old patterns of sin and self-reliance, old ways of thinking that may be more comfortable. But we, as Paul says, need to be continually aligned with the truth of the gospel, Galatians 2.13 says. We need to be constantly, daily filled with his Holy Spirit because we so easily leak his good news due to our sin. And like Peter in the 120, may we humble ourselves and believe as verse 21 says, we've heard this verse, but do we trust it? Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is great good news. This is the best news. This brings us into a whole new season of life. It changes everything as we trust his work and his person. So look at what happens when God pours out his Holy Spirit through ordinary and unschooled people. 
There were 120 in the upper room, Acts 1.15 says. By the end of this sermon, Peter's, Peter's sermon, the 120 multiplies to 3,000 from different nations. Many are being saved, and it looks like a little bit like Revelation. And we see this in Acts 2.41 where this happens. We'll see this in a few weeks. You see, not just Peter, but all believers are given the Holy Spirit and the power to proclaim his name. You know, so are we doing so? You know, I'm not an evangelist. No excuses, friends. Jesus says in his word through Peter, we are all to proclaim the name of Christ. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. So what do we need to do? You know, what I do regularly, daily is, Lord, empty me of me, my selfishness, my agenda, my wants. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit, which means control me, which is really another way of saying repent, believe, obey the gospel. God, control me. My challenge for you is, do do you pray regularly for the filling of the Holy Spirit? If you're a Christian, I challenge you this week, every day, at least once, pause and pray, Lord, empty me of me and Holy Spirit, fill me with you. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.